You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. Um, it's a good day here in St. Louis. It's the end of the day for me. It's been a wild one. Just got done pitching my reality show to a network and it was a really fun um, call that I was dreading all day because I felt just like what am I doing? I'm going to do a reality show, but now I'm feeling a little bit jazzed about it. Now that I talked about it, I just, it scares me to put myself out there that much. I mean, I know I do it on here, but um, the fact that it does scare me means it'll probably be amazing because every time I get scared of doing something, it turns out to be pretty good. Um, but it was fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so that just happened before that. I, what did I do today? Well, I, I recorded the second half of this podcast, which you're going to hear in a bit, um, with my buddy Sean O'Brien. He came over, and we had a really fun chat. He is hilarious, and I love him so much, so look forward to that. After we recorded, we went and played pickleball, um, and I have to admit, I did not uh, – I'm not proud of how I acted. Um, I just – I don't like playing. Well, I'm playing. It's my ex-boyfriend and his family, and um, and then our a uh, couple other friends, mutual friends, and um, and I'm just bad. I'm the worst at sports out of everyone playing, and I know that I am, and I don't I don't like being bad at something, and I actually do like pickleball. It's actually like a fun game, and I'm not terrible at it, but I am compared to everyone else, and. Um, and it's frustrating. I just don't like being this bad at something. But the thing was, the, how I behaved that I didn't like was that um, it it came turn it came time for me to play, and I um, the the opponents. It was me and my ex boyfriend, and then the the other two people that were going to play were the best two players that we were all playing with. Um, my friend Greg's brother, and then his friend. And they're just like so good. I mean, like really, really good. And then my ex-boyfriend is amazing as well. So it was like the three best players in me. And I just felt like, oh my God, everyone's just going to have to play like with the girl who doesn't know what she's doing. And they're going to really have to like dumb it down for me. And I'm, I'm just slowing them down. I'm making them have less fun. And the added pressure of everyone who's not playing is on the sidelines watching me suck. And that is what got to me. And I just kind of panicked and was like, I don't really want to do this. And they're all just like, come on. And I'm like, please, someone else play. Like other people wanted to play. So I was like, please, someone else play, please. And they were just like, no, no, you can't give up. And I was like, I am begging you. I don't want to do this. And it, I, you know, I ended up making like a scene because I just, I just wanted them to say, okay, you don't have to. And then I could sit down, but it was like, they wouldn't let me. And so I had to play. And then what happens when I have to play and I don't want to, I don't even try because what is more embarrassing than, um, missing the ball every time you swing for it or having it go like the opposite way you want it to go or not even hit the net or like whatever, just embarrassed playing terribly. It's when you try hard and still play terribly. So my whole thing was like, I didn't try. And so that when I sucked, it's because I was being a little bitch and didn't try and being a little brat because there's nothing more humili humiliating than someone like really going for it and whiffing it as opposed to someone who's just like standing there being like, I hate this and I hate that I suck at it. So I was being a little baby and 
I didn't mean to cause a scene. That is the last thing I want to be is like the center of attention in a game where I just want to just sit on the sidelines and just joke around with people who are also sitting on the sidelines and watch the game. That's what I wanted to do. That is how I'm cut out to perform um, on a court. I'll be the ball girl. I just don't want to play. I've always been that way. My field hockey coach from high school, um, I was talking to her once on Facebook years later, and she was like, you always never wanted to be put in the game. You always would beg me to not put you in. And I remember that all, every time I've ever been involved with sports, I have just wanted to not be seen. I just want to be invisible. I, I want to just like sit there and just enjoy myself and have people forget I'm there so that no one goes, it's Nikki's turn. I like doing things. I'm not like someone who doesn't like doing things. I like doing things when I'm good at them and when I feel competent and when I feel like I'm not holding other people back, but fucking <sighs> pickleball. So I was embarrassed. And then it sucked because, so I, th I, I didn't throw a tantrum. I just, so I played. It lasted like four minutes because you, the score goes up to 11 and like it would just always, I would ruin, it was like, I think two to 11 and they were playing so gently with me too. And it was just humiliating, a humi humiliating loss. And it was finally over and I didn't even know it was over. And I, they go, good game. And I go, it's over. And they're like, yeah. And I go, yes. And like they all laughed at how excited I was, but that's always how I felt at the end of any athletic activity, the end of gym class, constantly, constantly looking at the clock. If you added up all the times I've looked at a clock in my life, 90% of those times would be because there, it was, I was involved in a sport that was over when a clock would run out or I was watching a sport and it, it was over when the clock would run out. I just don't like, I, I understand people like sports. I know they bring a lot of people joy. I wish I enjoyed them. I like running. I, when I got to the court, Greg, my friend Greg Warren, has been challenging me, or he's been telling me that he does these wall sits where he sits on the wall, but you get back against the wall and you sit totally parallel so your thighs are parallel to the ground. And you sit and then you put your hands behind your head, like in a sit-up position kind of thing. And then you do that for two and a half minutes. And it took him months to build up to two and a half minutes. I, I busted out a two and a half minute one right away. And I was really proud of myself. So I was able to show some athletic prowess as soon as I arrived on the court. And then two seconds later, they were like, and then, well, my ex-boyfriend took me aside and we served and practiced to serve for like 15 minutes. And that was fine. I don't mind one-on-one -on -one practicing when someone's like being a teacher because that's a useful, that's a, uh, that's a good use of their time. He was feeling like he was doing something. When people are having to drop down to like a, an amateur, not even amateur, just like a special needs person level of athleticism so that I can have fun so Nikki can play. And then as soon as I hit the ball, everyone goes, wow, good job. And I'm just like, don't you fucking, let's not, let's, please don't do that. And then I get mad and then I turn into a bitch and I go, um, Please don't bring up my, like, I was just such a bitch. I was not in a good mood. And then it was, it was embarrassing that I wasn't in a good mood. So we got done with the game and I'm sitting there and I get an email that I have to send in a voiceover for Dave Matthews Band Radio, which I had completely forgotten to do this morning. And the guy emailed me being like, I need this ASAP. So then I had to leave and it looked like I was leaving because I was like sad about not being good and not wanting to play. But I had to leave to go do this thing. And so I just, it was just bad timing.
And I looked like I was such a little baby leaving. I got there late and then I left early and everyone just probably thought I was such a bitch. Not my problem. Not my fucking problem, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's rough. I just, it, it brings up a lot of feelings for me when I am forced to do a sport that I suck at. It just, I feel like a kid all over again. It's probably good for my skin. Youthful. Um, you know, when I said that I had to leave, I, t I did tell them, I go, I, I have a thing that I have to go record. And it just sounded like such a lie. And even someone goes, oh, yeah, I've got to go uh, return some VHS tapes to Blockbuster, kind of like making fun of me trying to come up with an excuse. But I didn't, again, I didn't want to cause a lot of, I didn't want to go, no, really, you guys, I have to record. I'm the voice of DMB radio. And they need to tell people that you can submit your request for DMB radio. Dave's answering your request live on air. Submit by September 18th at 7.30 p.m. Go to Sirius XM. Like, I didn't want to go into it. So I just was like, ha-ha, but I really do have something. Bye. So I followed up later with them, and I told my ex-boyfriend, I go, I know it seemed like I was lying and wanted to leave early for another reason, but I had to leave and because of this email. And um, I don't lie anymore. I had to tell him that. Because he was the one that got me into the Sam Harris book, Lying, which was the first thing that I ever heard of Sam Harris. The first time I ever heard of Sam Harris was when my ex-boyfriend caught me in a bunch of lies. Not big lies, little lies. And not lies that were, um, they were, they were lies that were out of fear that if he, if I told the truth, then he would leave me. So they were lies that were like, I just don't want to upset him. And they weren't like, oh, I'm cheating on you lies. They were like, I don't know. I don't even know what I was lying about, but I was just always scared that I was going to say the wrong thing. So I would try to say the right thing, which in turn would be a lie, you know? Um, and I just got caught in too many of them. And he gave me this book and was like, you should check out why it's never good to lie. So I read it back then and I was blown away. And so I just reread it and it is, there's, you guys, I can't recommend it enough. It's really fascinating. I bookmark a couple of things to read to you because I thought they were interesting. Um, just uh, circumstances in which you go, oh my God, of course you're going to lie. And you really never have to lie. Well, there's certain times you can, but um, let me tell you about this one. Okay. So he says in this, have you ever received a truly awful gift? The time it took to tear away the wrapping paper should have allowed you to steal yourself, but suddenly there it was. Wow. Do you like it? That's amazing. Where did you get it? Bangkok. Do you like it? So the person keeps asking, do you like it? And you don't want to lie, right? So where, what does he say? Where were you in, when were you in Bangkok? She goes, Christmas, do you like it? Yes, definitely. Where else did you go in Thailand? Okay, so there you go. He goes, I have now broken into a cold sweat. I am not cut out for this. Generally speaking, I have learned to be honest even when ambushed. I don't always communicate the truth in the way that I want to, but one of the strengths of telling the truth is that it remains open for elaboration. If what you say in the heat of the moment isn't quite right, you can amend it. I have learned that I would rather be maladroit. Maladroit. Let's look up what that means. What the fuck, Sam Harris? You're always fucking using words that I don't understand. That's what I love about reading books on my phone is you can just uh, instantly look them up. It means bungling. Okay. Maladroit means bungling, clumsy, awkward. 
Okay. Well, cool. New word. I've learned that I would rather be bumbling or awkward or even rude than dishonest. What could I have said in the above situation? Okay. Um, here's one thing. So he could have opened it and he could have gone, wow, does one wear it or hang it on the wall? <laughs> you wear it. It's very warm. Do you like it? Again, she goes, do you like it? And then this is, this is the great answer. You know, I'm really touched you thought of me, but there's no way I can pull this off. My st style is somewhere between boring and very boring. So then he says, this is getting much closer to the sort of response I'm comfortable with. Some euphemism is creeping in, perhaps, but the basic communication is truthful. I have given my friend fair warning that she is unlikely to see me wearing her gift the next time we meet. I have also given her an opportunity to keep it for herself or perhaps bestow it onto another friend who might actually like it. I am um, trying to think of a circumstance in which, you know, I, I've been forced to lie. And it oftentimes is that exact scenario. Do you like it? Or being given a gift that I don't want or don't need. But what I've always have learned to do now is just be being grateful, feeling the sentiment behind it and celebrating that. So I probably, if someone gave me like a shirt I didn't like, which happens a lot, not from like my friends because my friends typically don't give me, um, oh, you know what? Andrew gave me a pair of earrings that I just knew I would never wear for Christmas last year, I think. And to be honest with you, they were too much. And um, they, they just were heavy and they were big and they just weren't my style. So... And, you know, it's not hard for me to be honest with Andrew, but I, I think I said something like, which is not good. I was like, why did you do this? Because I knew he spent a lot on them because I think he told me how much he spent. I'm like, why, Andrew? First of all, I, at the time, I was like paying his, I was his main source of income. So I was like annoyed that he spent my money on, which is his, on this thing for me that I wasn't going to wear. And I said, you know what? this is so nice. Thank you so much. I just like had to accept it and just was very appreciative of the thought. I did wear them one time and he was so excited, but like that's, I've gotten a lot of jewelry from God. Jewelry guys, we just don't do it. I just, we don't, you just get it wrong too much unless we specific, but it's so ironic because like the guy is ultimately supposed to buy you a ring. I mean, not Andrew, but like a guy in your life is meant to buy you a ring someday. And I just see my, how, why do you never hear girls being like, that ring sucks? They always seem to like it. I've really never heard a story of a girl being like, that's the ugliest ring. You know, I don't know. I've just, I've gotten some fucking ugly jewelry from guys. Some good stuff too. But like my ex-boyfriend got me a pearl necklace. <laughs> Come joke. He got me a pearl necklace once and I just don't, wear stuff like that um and i was stressed out about it because he spent a lot of money on it it was from tiffany and tiffany's tiffany and um and i felt terrible that i didn't think i was gonna wear it and i talked to my stylist and they were like here's how you could wear it and style it and make it work for you. And so then I was like, okay, I will. And then I just never did. And, um, and I know he noticed, I know that bummed him out and I don't know, are you just supposed to wear something you don't want to wear just because someone got it for you?
I mean, I've bought gifts for people and they haven't liked it. Like I bought, you know what? I bought my mom a pair of shoes that I thought would make her happy because, you know, objects tend to do that for some people. They don't really, it doesn't work like that. But I sent them to my sister. They were like these shoes that I found online um, that were being sold at this uh, vintage shop that I always buy from on Instagram. And they were these cute clogs that were leopard print and I sent them to my sister and I was like do you think these would make mom happy and she was like yes so I got them and I was so excited to give them to my mom and then she opened up and she's like wow I mean she must have read this fucking book because she's like these are just not my style but they're so cute and she's like I don't know where I'd wear the you know and she was like doing all of those tricks and I was so bummed I just, I don't know what I wanted her to do. I wanted her to be like, oh my God, and like cry, but she didn't, and that's okay. Gift giving is so um, intense and like just, uh, there's so much opportunity to be disappointed. I think some of the most embarrassing times I've ever acted was when someone gave me a gift I didn't want. One time my friend sent me, um, oh my God, this was, I was such a, I didn't, wasn't a bitch to him, but for my birthday, he sent me cold brew, like three boxes of like Trader Joe's cold brew. Um, and I, at the time I was like obsessed with like saving the planet and not wasting anything. So I got sent like all of these plastic bottles or like glass bottles, which is fine. Glass is okay. And then he sent Starbucks cups, like plastic cups so that I could make it myself. Like he knows I love Starbucks. So he sent me all these straws and cups and I was like overwhelmed with like how much trash and like waste this was. And I was pretty upset about it. And my friends like had to like talk me off the ledge because I was like, I'm going to text him and be like, what kind of gift is this? Like, I mean, I was such a bitch. But I, I mean, I came up that way. Like my mom every Christmas used to be like hell in my house because I would always be such a bitch about my gifts. I just, I guess I felt misunderstood. I think, I, I think that's the problem with it is like when I get a gift where someone I love gives me a gift and it's just so something I would never want. I just feel like, do you even know me? Do you even love me? Are you paying attention? And I feel like angry and it turn it, I have a hard time being like, oh, they just missed the mark. And I turn it to like, fuck you, which is the opposite feeling that anyone wants to give when they're giving you a gift. It's really psychotic of me, but I used to make my mom cry every Christmas because I would just be like, I mean, I will never wear this, but you, you can have it. I'd always just give it back to her. I'd be like, do you want it? I don't want this. And she'd be like, I can never get you anything. And I'm just like, yeah, because I don't, honestly, most Christmases I ask for nothing. I don't want anything because ever since I've earned enough money, I don't, I don't need gifts. I get everything I want. However, I do like when my friends get I have gotten thoughtful gifts like um my friends my friend who produces this podcast got me a bird adoption so um, that was a gift that was like actually charitable and I can go visit a bird whenever I want and I have like a bird in my name and it's not extra stuff in my life that's the best gift no more stuff no more things that was awesome um my friend Anya gave me a very tiny one little earring and it was a great gift because that is what I knew or she knew I wanted it because I would always compliment hers. Boom. Great gift. The best gift that I ever got though was um, a, like my bird Kiwi when I was in fifth grade. I cried 
out of happiness. I was like one of those little girls on the, when they get to go to Disney. I've never cried out of happiness since. That was the only time. It was like a completely uncontrollable emotion, but I was just so fucking happy. And then he died because my mom cleaned his cage with some kind of chemical, which I just found out about on a podcast that I had to trash because the recording went bad. But my dad and I did a podcast in which he told me that my mom killed my bird. I was told someone else killed him, a family friend, because the way she she left a window open when he was staying at their house. But really, it was because my mom cleaned the cage because he was going to stay at my friend's house because the cage had to be clean before she let someone else see it. Which my mom's obsession with seeming like we're everything's clean like cleaning obsessively before other people encounter our lives ended up killing my bird or maybe it was time to clean the cage and she just did the wrong way but i'm guessing it was just a hastily cleaned cage and so many birds die that way it's very common um i don't even know what i've accomplished in this podcast but we've got a great second half for you coming up so um uh let's get into it right after this Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am joined again, uh, as I was last week, I believe, maybe it was longer than that, um, by my good friend, comedian, local St. Louis comedian, and my friend of over uh, like 11, 12 years, uh, Sean O'Brien, everyone. Welcome back yeah. to the show. Yeah, Nikki, 12 years. Yeah, 12 years Jesus show. Christ, dude. Um, yeah, I always- time. Since that creep core walk. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I went to creep core park lake with my dad um i don't know like during this quarantine and i was reminded of that walk that we went on where i had to pee right. so bad <laughs> i was losing my mind and what if we were like trying to find a place to pee but we got like lost and it was what are yeah i mean we were it? just in a part of the park where there was just no porta potties or whatever and yeah. you you like ran over to like some like farmer's field or something <laughs> like over train tracks yeah and i remember. just found some corner it was it was pretty intense so um yeah i uh we've been friends a lot, long time you knew me back when i drank y your your story of me one time when i was drunk was one of the memories i kept going back to when i decided to, to quit of like how i would jekyll and hide and i would just change so violently on like a dime and uh yeah you were over here one time we were like day drinking i think and then it like moved into the nighttime right and i was like just right. hang out and we kept drinking and god only knows what we were like doing just probably just talking and hooting right. and hollering and uh and then i was i told you that you could stay the night you're like, like on you're, the couch. you're staying on the couch you know and i was i was drinking pretty hard I yeah think we both were yeah and i was like great that'll work and <laughs> so you know we just kept going and going and like i'm pretty pretty gassed up and then out of nowhere you're just like i think this has to end <laughs> i think i went to the bathroom and i came back in the room and i was like sean you have to go you gotta go you gotta go now just go oh go. my god <laughs> and i kicked you out and then you had to sleep in your car yeah for a little bit i had to stay in the car yeah let's be honest you probably gave it 10 minutes uh, yeah, i gave you it five, All right, five. a little bit five out. i drove i drove hammer through kirkwood but <laughs> I rolled the dice and I won. I'm night. not laughing at drunk driving. It's very dangerous. And I'm glad we both don't do it anymore. Um, yeah, that's why I moved to New York eventually was I was like, I, I'm going to get a DUI. Cause I, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be hammered driving, but I, that's the problem. People always go, Oh, I'm not going to drive drunk. I'm just going to have a couple. And then, or I just got, someone just wrote to me about quitting drinking and she was like, I really want to quit. And um, I just, I've just been telling myself, I'm just going to have two. And the problem is, yeah, the sober you is like two. That sounds good, but then the person who is only going to have two 
gets fucking wasted. Yeah, and then exactly. that person wants to have two more. And it's like, you can't, you don't No, just two doesn't, if that worked, people would do it. Right. It's the world's greatest lie. Yeah. <laughs> what, what you're saying is I want to enjoy a buzz. I think I can control myself with two, but then you hit two. Now you're just starting to feel good. Yeah. You're not feeling great, yep. but you're feeling good. So then you go into this one more game. Yeah. And then one more is, you know, then you're three and then you're like, well, four, I'm fine at four. Like four is probably less than 0.08. I think I can roll with yep. this and make it. Yep. And then you hit four. And now that's when the, you're impaired skills and judgments get a little off you know i mean it's for everyone's different i mean yeah for men it's probably around four for me it would be like two drinks and my, i would just black out after two like l literally just stop remembering things because john mulaney has a great joke about it but he talks about like when you drink uh you the more you drink the earlier you black out because your brain just goes well we know where this is going right. we're gonna close early tonight <laughs> <laughs> like they just like, you know, like this is only yeah. going to be a shit show. Let's stop remembering things now. I, I've talked about it a lot, but I just find it fascinating that when you black, do you black out when you no, drink? No, no. Never. So it's hard for me to identify with people say that. I'm like, what does that mean? Like you won't, you won't like, cause you can drink. I mean, yeah, can. I can. I mean, I've, I've hit pause over the last year. You yeah. Know, I know that. Pretty but, hard, like, but oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with throwing them back. How can you have, uh, so you've never just like had a conversation where you didn't remember literally any details of the conversation no not like like i'd be like hey we were talking about you know dodgeball whatever the hell it was we were talking i could remember the subject i can't remember like hey you remember you said that about this thing okay. that subject but that whole thing of oh i don't remember talking to you for 15 minutes yeah. like i've never had that which oh. is actually terrifying that that happens to people it does happen to people it happened to me all the time and it was like Oh man, I read this thing. So I love Reddit so much. And I read the story the other day. There's just all these amazing little anecdotes. There was this woman on there and it's, this seems like an unrelated topic, but there was a girl on there that was asking about, um, she had just gone on a date with a guy who she went downstairs and to like meet him. And she, she, she's overweight. And so she, she knows how much like sometimes she shows up on dates and the guy like is disappointed or like whatever like she feels like she represents herself well in these apps and is not trying to deceive anyone about her weight she even says that she's overweight all these things she'll show up though and the guy will just like want to get out of it and she can just sense it it's so uncomfortable for her so she'll go down sometimes and say oh my god i forgot something upstairs to give him a chance to leave so that she doesn't have to like make him go on the date with her and make herself go on the date with this guy that's going to eventually just want to get out of it anyway and so yeah. she'll like make up an excuse to go up there and go back down. But, um, oh, where was this going with, fuck, God, I'm not even high and I'm losing my train of thought. This really feels like a high moment for me. Okay, so the drinking thing of not remembering. Um, oh, okay, so there's this one girl that was talking about, so, she, so this girl shared a story of that and she was like, how do you deal with this rejection if you're a bigger woman or like a girl on these apps that, you know, doesn't, guys don't tend to like, or that when they see you in person, have you been rejected in person after meeting up with a guy? And one girl shared a story that a guy one time woke, it was a friend and they got drunk at a bar. They ended up hooking up. She probably liked him for a really long time and they ended up hooking up and he woke up in the morning from a blackout in bed and all they did was cuddle and she didn't blackout and they just kissed and cuddled, but he woke up and he goes, oh my God, did we sleep together? And she was like, no, we just cuddled. And he goes, right. Thank fucking God. <laughs> and he just was so, and she was so hurt at how excited he was that he hadn't had sex with her. And she felt it was about that, but it was like, I, I, I it's, it's, it's a sad, that first of all, that was like, it's so sad that that even happens, but I, I relate to it too, of having fears that like, I'm going to show up and the guy is going to be like, 
ew, like just something about me is going to rattle him in a way that like you misrepresented yourself on these apps. But I did relate to the feeling of waking up and being like, what did we do? Yeah, I mean, that, you don't. I don't I don't have that at all. And that, thank God, because I think I would actually just quit drinking because that means you have zero control. That's like in an ambient state where people just say they sleepwalk and they don't know about it and all oh, that yeah. shit, like, which I take. And by the way, I think yeah. it's great, but I'm not going to talk about that. No, but I'm telling you right now, uh, if that was me, I think I, you'd have to you'd have to do a hard pause. One because, time I was on, I did ambient and I tweeted something that I had no recollection of, of tweeting or put it on my Instagram story. And it was only a good thing that I said. I was just promoting Tom Papa's special. <laughs> it was positive. You know. It was a good comic. So. Can you imagine a side effect of my posting uh, a, uh, a rave review of a special you haven't seen yet on your Instagram story? So wait, you have no, that was like a blackout for you. Was that the same? Well, I looked at it the next morning and I was like, I've never seen this special. I didn't lie and say I'd seen it, but I was like, oh my God, funniest guy ever, you know? And I just promoted Tom Papa's special and I just didn't, I didn't remember making, I honestly thought someone else did it or something, but it was written in my words. Like it was written the way I talk on Instagram was really bizarre. And it made me, it made me go, okay, at least I'm making positive, uh, like, I'm doing positive things in my life. Like I, I remember Schumer had a joke about like, you never black out and something good happens. You never wake up from a blackout and like, Oh my God, my Pilates mat is out. Like right, you never right. do anything like good, but right. it turns out I do. And sometimes I would like tell people how much I love them and like tell my true feelings about like friends, like confess my feelings towards friends. The first time I got drunk, I remember telling this girl I loved her. It was like, I wish we were closer. I just love you so much. And then the next day she was like wanting to hang out and be best friends. And I didn't, I did not feel that way. About so it was a lie. Yeah. I, w- I mean, you are, you were insanely sweet and nice when you were, when you were on the way to the top, yes. when, when you were boozing and climbing yeah. that mountain, when you were up top, you, it was a magical moment when yes. you were up there. I mean, everything's cooking. It's like, you're going to make it. I'm putting you on this show. I mean, all you would just build all this, I like, know. and then something just went manic. And then you're like, this line is over. You got to go. You got to go. But I'm Nikki. I'm yeah. drunk. I'm just, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's really dangerous. That like, that euphoric manic state of like, this is, everything's going to be great. I mean, no wonder I loved drinking. I mean, the first time I drank, it was like that. It was the answer to all of my prayers. Right. Uh, there was an ease of life. There was an excitement for life. There was nothing to worry about. There was just only happiness and enthusiasm. And I've, I mean, this, I've shared this story a million times, but the first time I drank, which I realized looking back, I was like, what a problem. I just go, why don't we do this? Why aren't we like this all the time? Yeah. I don't understand why humans don't drink all the time. Yeah. Cause I felt like with it enough, I didn't feel like, oh, I couldn't get a work done. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's the, I'm reading this book about addiction right now, phone addiction called irresistible. It's the, the, um, I'm pointing at my phone as I say that because the book is in my phone. Oh, so it's like, I'm pointing at the book, but I'm pointing at my phone. And it's fucking fascinating because it's just talking about addiction. I really recommend this book to anyone who's interested in like breaking the cycle of their phone or whatever kind of addiction you're dealing with. But it, it is that just the, the euphoric feeling. I mean, it's just, it must be what heroin feels like. I, I don't even want, I can't even imagine how good heroin must yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never experienced heroin, but from what I gather, it's like a zillion times better. I mean, you've than- done opioids though? Yeah, yeah, I've had, I've had like from surgeries and stuff. I've had pain. I mean, pills, so. do you remember those feelings? Yeah, and actually, I can see why those are addicting. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I mean if someone's like, "Here's a hundred Percocet," I'm like, "Sign me up." Right. In fact, 
<laughs> I sound like such a drug addict. I would rather, t- if someone's like, do you want a case of whiskey or a hundred pain pills? I was like, I'll take the pain pills all day. Cause pain pills just cure boredom. Mm-hmm. You just get like, that's what I got. I, like you would just take them. You could just turn on TV and then you would just get this little tingly sensation and just sitting there doing nothing felt great. Right. That's it's... where booze. It wasn't that booze for me was a more social thing. Like I needed to start like, that's why I never drank alone. Really? Yeah. I, I never did that. either. I love when I drink, I want to like call people. I want to like right. get involved with, I want to go do activities. It makes me more social. Um, but the same with pot. I really like, I- I'm not someone who likes to smoke pot and then just watch TV. I really like to like, talk to people it makes me call people it makes me more social and 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 that fucking gets in my head too because i feel like someone who who gets depressed when i'm alone too much and so i want to turn to those things to make me be around people which is good for you to be around people and be more social we're gonna go be social today after this yeah we're going to play pickleball (laughs) with a bunch of people (sighs) every tuesday we play pickleball now at noon this is our first time doing it yeah. How do you feel about this? You know, I mean, I, I've had a couple warm-up games in, so I'm I'm a little familiar now with the. If game you don't know what pickleball is, it's um stupid. <laughs> it's no, it's actually great. I'm not a sporty person, but it's like it's ping, it's it's between ping pong and tennis. It's like uh, it was an adapted. Like, I think they made it for like old men so that they didn't have to move as much. So it's on a smaller court, and you use paddles, like kind of ping pong paddles, and um, it's 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 quite fun. I just. I don't like when men, when guys, I don't like when people take sports so seriously when they're just fun games and we're going to hang out with a bunch of people who are very competitive. Yeah, they are. My ex-boyfriend, our ex, our soon to be ex-friend, Greg Warren. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then my, uh, our good friend, my ex-boyfriend's brother, Tim, uh, local comedian, Tim Combi, and then uh, his fiance, and then someone else is playing too. I forget who. I oh. think it's Greg Warren's brother's playing too. Oh God. So. I mean like, I can I just cheer people on? I don't want to even play. I just, I want the social aspect of it, but I just, I don't know that I need to play. I don't want to be this like special needs person that everyone is like, good job, Nikki. The other day I played and they're just like, wow, that was great. <laughs> Isn't you know, that the worst when somebody talks down? You Like you clearly know you're just, you, you, patronizing son of a bitch oh like it they would i would like let someone else get the ball like i would do nothing essentially and they'd be like great call on that i'm like well i just didn't (laughs) you i know when i'm bad at something you don't have to sugarcoat it i'm okay with being bad at pickleball i really am okay with it right but um that's how i felt about that stupid painting i showed you guys the other night where i dragged you guys in on and then i know everyone's being nice we're like no that's really a good job and i'm like you assholes i'm tracing let me just tell you let's let's back up a little back back to Beep, 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 back it up. You, which I, I gotta say, I, I was in the group of people that was extremely impressed by this. But it, you know what I was impressed by more than anything is that you found a hobby that is like an interesting hobby that I would have never expected for you because you're someone who I just, I don't know. I, I, you're definitely an artist because you're such an amazing comedian and brilliant thinker and, the, and you're just one of the funniest people I've ever known. And most people who know you would, would list you among the funniest people they know. Um, but for you to pick up this weird hobby, how did this come about and what exactly is it that you're doing? All right, so I started, it's called Paint by Numbers. Yeah, I think okay. we all can. We all got that We part. all know that. Well, well, you we all know clarify. what that is, but it's, I didn't know what it was. You never I, heard of paint by numbers. I didn't know, like I, I've heard of it, but I was like, I don't know. I had no idea what it means. I didn't know if it was if it was just like just tracing or I, I just didn't know what it is. Okay. I've heard of it, but I never. I never but how did you come it. across it? So it was just during the during the quarantine. Sure. And my girlfriend and I were just like 
bored and she's I'm, she's like well, we got to do something and i'm like what do you want to do and and she, i was like name anything and then she goes well you want to paint and when she said that i was like you know my head's like no i don't want to paint but i wanted to be a nice person so i was like yeah let's paint so she ordered what she thought was just a canvas and brushes but it was just paint by numbers where it's just tracing you just literally so because of her misorder you guys ended up doing this paint by numbers thing yes. really you were just gonna like free paint yeah we we're gonna free paint. well she hates she's like oh it's paint by numbers fuck that I was like, no, this works for me. I need guidance. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I am. And it was like, okay. So all the reds are number one. All the purples are number two. And you just correspond the colors with the numbers. And I just took my time. And then the next thing you know, I, I have this stupid painting. And you then guys, I, I couldn't. It was after a show at the Funny Bone a couple weeks ago. And Tim, Chris's brother, our mutual friend Tim, uh, was like, hey, we're going to go out in the parking lot. Sean's got a painting he's going to give me that we're going to put in our, in our new house. So we go out to the parking lot. Sean rummages through the trunk of his car, pulls out this painting, and it is so good. I mean, it, it looked like uh, it, it, you would have never known a paint by now. You would have paint by numbers. You would have never known. It, right. And it, did take, it does take some skill in, in a sense, I, I would guess, that you have to have patience. You have to have a lot of patience. That's you, the only truth. As okay. long as you have patience and – you can just keep your hand follows the line. Then you got it. Go, okay. And as long as you're standing six feet away from the painting, nobody, nobody can tell. It's, you, I mean, it's really impressive. I want a Sean O'Brien in my foyer when I get right. one someday. You sold one on eBay. You sold the one on eBay, yeah. You did a paint by numbers. Does the woman who bought your painting know that it was a paint by numbers? Yeah, no, no. It was on there. Yeah, yeah. Full disclosure. What? You really oh, yeah. disclosed that? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I thought you, you just. No, no. You say pay. Oh, and they sell on there. By the way, I left money on the table. I sold it for 100 I think I could have cleared 250 I'm not kidding. So you paid $25 to make this painting? I paid $30 to make this. And How long did it take you? Um, it, it, well, if you go by hours, it probably took me about 30 hours. But those 30 hours you were listening to your sets, you said you get a lot done yeah, while you're doing the, the Yeah, I listen of to my act during a lot, and then I'll just keep playing it, and then, you know, I'll be like, okay, that actually sounds right. Keep yeah, saying it that way. Just or, work. You get a lot out of doing the painting, and then at the end of it, you sold it for 100 bucks, but you yeah. feel like you left money on the table. You could have gone up to make Yeah, which the money, I didn't, I didn't give a shit. It was, that's just a funny thing that it so sold. It's so funny that you but sold it. Yeah. Honestly, the, and the main reason I kept doing it was what you were just talking about. It just keeps me off my phone. Yeah. You, you're not on your phone, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'll go three hours in a row, and I won't look at my phone. And if I'm not doing the act, then I'll just play a bunch of music. But it's, yeah. it's really relaxing. Like, yeah. you wouldn't think – I don't know what it is. There's something about you just get lost in your stupid little drawing. Yep. And then you're, like, creating this cool thing, even though, again, it's, it is tracing. Well, people there were is... really getting into coloring books for a while. Remember adult coloring books? I do, yeah. That was a huge craze. And it was because it was, like, really therapeutic. I remember Jesselnik, Anthony Jesselnik being like, you know what I'm doing right now is uh, coloring books. And I was like, you're, like, doing color? And he was like, it's really therapeutic. So right. I understand, like – doing something and I bet it makes you like think of jokes because when you're doing something that's mindless and like doesn't really require skill and like thought process during it you think of jokes like when do you think of jokes that, the, the best time well it is now painting before it before painting it was walking my daughter on the yeah lake. something mindless something just yeah walking the dog for 30 minutes will give me 15 ideas sitting at Starbucks with a pen and paper I'll just, I'll go blank. Yeah, I, I mean, cannot work in those. I sit at Starbucks with a pen and paper, but uh, that's not, unless I'm like actually focusing on a joke, like, okay, you need to work this one out and like 
and and this is a math problem that you need to crack, then I can do that. But in terms of new ideas, not happening at Starbucks. But when mine does happen is when I'm blow drying my hair because my a lot of people get ideas in the shower. I don't take long enough showers to get any fucking ideas. I take literally two minute showers. Holy shit. And um and if I'm not washing my hair thirty five seconds, like uh, it just I, I don't need more time than that. And I'm not in a rush. I don't know what it is. I just don't. I don't need to be in there that long. But um, when I'm blow drying my hair, that's when I get a good, a, uh, a lot of good ideas because it's just a mindless thing. You're trapped in, a, in a, a spot where you're doing something that you don't... Or when I'm at the dentist and you're like staring at the wall, that's when a lot of ideas come to me. But it's like, yeah. Or not really meditation though. Meditation is... Do you meditate? I've tried. Mm-hmm. Um... I've tried. I, I, I know it's fucked up what I'm about to say. I just don't do it right. I just don't do That's it right. That's not true. Yeah, so, I know. It is fucked up what you're about to say. But, you can't do it wrong. Okay. Well, then, yes, I meditate. Yeah. yeah. Well, unless you're, unless you're, well, if you're sitting down and closing your eyes and doing the amount of time it says, then you're doing it wrong. I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, what do you do? I, I shut off, the, you know, the phones are gone in my bedroom. Uh, no sound, you know, everything's yeah. quiet. Sit on the edge of my bed, close my eyes, don't talk, breathe quietly. Uh, do you focus on your breathing? What do you do? Um, yeah, yeah, I you focus, do. You need some but, guidance. But I, I you just, should I get think an I'm app. still missing something. Yeah, you that. need some guidance, but yeah, yeah. but that's a great start. And once you do get the guidance, you can't do it wrong, which is the lovely part about it. Um, I wanted to ask you and follow up because last time you were on the show, we talked about um, depression, getting on meds, getting um, help with like food shit. Um, I want to talk about meds though. Have you looked into it? What's yeah, so that? I am meeting. Uh, with my doctor a week from this Thursday. Nice. So eight day, nine days from now, whatever. Oh my God, yeah, good yeah. job. So I would think we're going to move forward and be proactive with that. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I just got on something last week and um, it's not uh, going to be the, you know, the, the thing about meds is it's not just like you wake up and you're like happy and like everything just works, right. but it just gives you a little bit of assistance. And, um, and yeah, I like, well, it's a slow roller, right? Like, like you, you yeah, don't just take like a, a pills on Thursday and you're feeling good Friday, right? Well, with ADHD meds, which I'm taking, those are, which is great. Those are like fast. Act, like they start working the day you start taking them and you can feel the effects now over a long term, like you build, uh, like you create the habit with them and then you, it, they can have, longer lasting effects and new effects that I'm excited to see work into my life. Cause I've only been on it like, uh, less than a week, but, um, How is but it? with depression meds, um, they take longer. Uh, it is, I said on the podcast yesterday, I feel alert and I can focus on things that are important to me when I need to, but I feel a little bit socially awkward. Um, because I feel like when something's, when I don't like being in a situation, much like I'm worried about going to pickleball, I don't think I'll be able to tolerate it and, uh, and put up with it. I don't think I'll be able to tolerate stuff I don't like anymore or people I don't like anymore. And not that I don't like, like doing pickleball. It'll be hard for me to like smile and just be like, I like this. Which as, is good. As, as if you weren't on the medicine, you don't think you'd have that same reaction? Oh, if I, when I'm not, I yeah. can be, um, uh, it's not that I can be fake, but I can just like kind of check out of my brain and like put it, my feelings on hold. So I think it's just making me more, I don't know. Well, actually the that's for the better then. That suffering. just means that you're just being more honest with yourself, right? Yeah. But if you're just annoyed feel... in a situation, you're basically telling me that I'm just not going to put up with it and just dance through it. Correct. But it makes me worried because people in situations I once was able to be around, I, and this is only based on a couple instances 
this weekend, I just felt like I, I have to go. Like, I can't do this. I, I just felt so... Trapped with them or something? I just felt like I wasn't myself. And I felt like require, being able to stand in this... To stay in this social interaction, I have to be fake. And for everyone to be happy with me in this moment, for me to not be authentic with myself... I will have to be fake and I can't do that. And I, it really was like struggling with that. And it was like, it happened a lot. And so I'm like wondering, is everything I've been doing not what I've wanted to do my whole life? Or is this medicine making me not enjoy things that I once enjoyed? That's fascinating. I does it affect your appetite? Uh, yeah, it does make you, um, yeah, it, it does. I mean, that's like definitely one of the side effects and it's unfortunate because people use it so that they can lose weight and like do stuff with that. But it's, it's that it doesn't you shouldn't seek adhd medications if you want to lose weight it's just not gonna i was on from first grade to sixth grade and i actually told my whoever doctor i said that i don't want to live anymore and they oh no but this was ritalin in the dude no that's a lot of people get suicidal nightmare oh like literally it was so bad because i was such a the the problem is i did need it because i was hyper loose cannon but when i took like i'd actually spit my pills out half the week that's how dumb my parents were. They're like, did you take it? And I'm like, yeah. And then I just dump it. And then yeah. I go to the class and the teacher's like, we think he needs more. Oh, like, they thought no. I was already on the drugs. So they kept upping the dosage, Fuck. but I wasn't even taking it half the time. Then they gave it to the nurse and the nurse, you couldn't pull punches. Yeah. So I would take it. And then the kids would basically, oh, look, it's quiet Sean day. Cause I just would not talk. I turned oh. into a zombie and I wouldn't eat. It killed my appetite. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I sell don't... my lunch. Like, like chocolate milk. If I lose my appetite, it's 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 not an option. I have to eat. Like I don't let myself skip meals anymore. I don't let myself even if I'm not hungry. If it's time to eat lunch and I have not eaten in five hours, it's time to eat. Like I don't, I don't do. I I used to just always do this thing where it was like, oh my god, I'm not hungry and I should be. This is exciting yeah. because my body will like start losing weight now, and that's like how you diet. That turns into you starve and then you binge and then you like yeah that is what gets you in trouble and i can't reiterate that enough for anyone who's out there struggling with stuff like uh, when you starve yourself you think it's going to be good and you think you're going to lose weight but there will always be the downside to it of you're going to overeat at some point you're going to make up for the starving you will find a way it might take you months it might take you a year but it will bounce back and you will um you can't keep it up so yeah that's i I'm in a position where right now where I feel really good about taking these meds. And if my appetite is killed, I just go, well, that you don't have an option to not eat. Yeah. You just override that feeling and eat. Yeah. Yeah. You just, and you don't, it's just, you don't have an appetite. It's not like you're like full and you're going to throw up if you eat. It's just like, you just force yourself to do it. Like you force yourself to go to work or you force yourself to work out like anything, you know? So, um, okay. We got to go, but, uh, I want to have people be able to follow you. Where can we follow you? Uh, Twitter is at, do you that tweet? Gentleman, not much. I just, I just don't because that, that, that just website just pisses me off. And Dude, I just so try exciting. and – because I, I actually want to engage, but then I know it will just stress me out and lead oh. me into like this fucking war yeah. with someone. And I'm not very articulate with nonverbal communication. Like I think it's gutless. I really do. I think if you're a shit-talking Twitter person, I just think – now, if you're making a statement – that that's fair enough, but it's like when people attack others, and it's like unless it's like no, I, Twitter is a shit. disgusting place, and I I didn't I wasn't on board platform. with that with that assessment of it until just recently. I was always like, why does everyone say this is so toxic here? Like, I just don't get it, and now I realize because it brought up my toxicity. I was like, oh wow, this is makes me an uglier person, and now yeah. I see it. 
Um, so on, on Instagram. And then Instagram is also that Sean O'Brien. Sean, Sean that Sean O'Brien? That Sean O'Brien. S-E-A-N O'Brien. Uh, Sean, you'll be on the podcast again. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. We have to go hang out with other people. Uh, and I'll see you tomorrow on the podcast, guys. Uh, squirt, squirt, a jackpot. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 